we had to run with sandbags, I remember. And I had this huge, like 30 or 40 pound sandbag. And she had this like little like pancake that was probably like 10 to 20 pounds. And when we were running, I just couldn't run with my sandbag anymore. So she's like, do you want to trade? And I just looked at her, this tiny thing, you know, with endurance, you know, that you couldn't believe and strength that I didn't know where it came from, traded bags with me. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews real people about their fitness journeys. That was Michelle Bang from her home gym in Montgomery, Illinois. And this is your host, Bree Outside, recording from my apartment in sunny Arizona. In today's episode, we're talking to Michelle about her journey from self-defined non-athlete to personal trainer to obstacle course racer and all-around fitness fanatic. First, we're going to talk to her about her various activities and how she fits them all into her life. Next, she'll describe her kettlebell gym, how she found it and became a personal trainer. And finally, she's going to talk about how she got into obstacle course racing and what it's like for those of us like me who have never done one before. And before we get started, just one final note of housekeeping. Please remember, if you choose to apply any advice or opinions from this podcast or its guests, that you do so at your own risk. All right, athletes, let's get started. Just from Facebook and Instagram, I've seen you run, you do obstacle races, kettlebell training, yoga. Am I missing anything? Powerlifting. Um, <laughs> I dabbled a little bit in not really strongman training, but just kind of some strongman training uh, works. It's like powerlifting or Olympic lifting, but with various types of uh, tools or uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's not just like a standard lifting a barbell or just deadlifting. It's, it's lifting different and awkward things like stones and rocks and throwing kegs and um, barbells that may not be barbells, but uh, wheel axles, stuff like that. So that kind of really interests me. You know, because not everything is always the same shape um, or weight or, you know, things are things are awkward in life. So I found a strongman gym that was nearby me and went and visited them and, and worked with them a couple times just to kind of learn some things. I got myself a keg <laughs> and, you know, some other things so I can kind of play around with it. But I wouldn't say that I, you know... I maybe have one or two toes in the strongman world, not uh, not even a full foot. That sounds like you're training to be in an action movie or something. <laughs> or a People superhero. say like I should be a. You know what? I mean, why not? So, gotta try to be harder to kill, right? <laughs> yes, the zombie apocalypse could be right around yeah. the corner. <laughs> this is hey, how they I usually mean, who, start, <laughs> right? I mean, who knows what's next? So. Yeah. So how do you juggle all that? Because that's a lot of variation. And, and then you have your job. So how do you fit all that into your schedule? You have to make it a priority. So if it's a priority, then you just find a way and you do it. You know, you work eight to five and then you put together your plan depending on what you're training for. Um, so say I'm training for an obstacle course race. You know, I know I need to um, work on specific types of strength, you know, grip, upper body strength. I need to work on my endurance. I need to work on health. So you put together just a plan of attack for that week, that month, 
and you just stick to it. And it just, I mean, I'm sure as you know, you being a runner or whatever, that once you keep on doing something, it just becomes a habit. It becomes a lifestyle. So it's not a question as to whether or not I have time for it anymore. If that makes sense, you just do. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, really. Um, you just have to, no excuses. You just have to make a plan and, and just do it. Yeah, I like how you phrase that, a plan of attack. And I totally, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it really is, you know, and if you want to accomplish it, you just, I mean, you have to take your rest days. You have to, um, you know, listen to your body, uh, you know, and some days you just, you just really don't feel like it. And on those days, either, you know, you work out and you feel better or, you know, you stay home and you feel better and you take a rest day, but you just, you got to do it. You know, I hear so many people say that they don't have the time and, and I just feel like it's not true. It's, you have the time. It's just not a priority. Yeah, I 100% agree. I have such a long commute to the office when we were in the office. We're not in there right now, but so I would have to get up if I wanted to to run and to train for half marathon. You know, you have to get up at 4.30, have to get up at 5. You just have to fit it in wherever you can. Lunch runs, but I feel like, yeah, you're right. A lot of people, when they don't want to make it a priority, they definitely, that's their excuse is they don't have time yeah. And I'm also, um, so the gym that I train at, I'm also a coach for. So I, I work there too. And I have classes that I have to, you know, coach people at. So I need to even work around that. So either I don't take a lunch and leave work early so I can get my workout in, or I stay after class, after I coach and do my workout. Or like you said, you know, if it's a, a running day, you get up before work and you go out and you get that run in, you know, you just, you have to figure it out. Cause I mean, if, if you're going towards a goal, like, like a race, I mean, if you're just working out to work out and that's fine. If you're just working out to work out and be healthy, cool. Um, but you know, especially if you have a goal, you're, it, it's all in the training, you know, the, your hardest day shouldn't be the day of your event or your race, you know, your hardest day should be, you know, those days that you put in the training so that on race day or event day, you can just go out and enjoy it and trust in your training. So shifting gears a little bit um, of all of your amazing activities, which one have you been doing the longest? That's a tough question because I never, I mean, I guess kettlebell, maybe yoga, you know, I was never really involved in athletics. Um, I wasn't your natural athlete. I wasn't involved in athletics in high school. Um, you know, I did, I, I was in dance, you know, like jazz and tap when I was little. I was in cheerleading when, you know, I got to high school. I think I did a semester, um, or a year of track because, um, just during gym class, we found out that I was fast. So, <laughs> so the coach asked me to join their indoor team. Um, but I wasn't ever really a natural athlete, uh, or involved in anything. So I never really had any experience in, um, a lot of, uh, athletics or, you know, any kind of like lifting really. I did a lot of DVDs or things that you find or videotapes, some Billy Blanks, Tybo, you know, here and there. I would do oh my gosh, occasion. I love that. Uh, right? <laughs> we, <laughs> He's the greatest. 
Uh, my older sister Pepper. I remember when we were kids, she used to put on that like eight minute one, and I I found it <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, and I still do it sometimes. And I have eight minutes just for the nostalgia. It's awesome. Um, so I mean, I had some experience with dumbbells. You know, that's probably the longest running thing I've had experience with. But kettlebell, I got into I think in 2012. So as far as more my weightlifting journey. Um, or fitness journey, that's probably what really kicked it off. All great things always start with a Groupon, right? (laughs) (laughs) So that is how I found um, the kettlebell gym that I go to and that I'm a trainer for now was through a Groupon. I don't remember if I was specifically looking for a gym or a kettlebell gym or what. But there it was, and I jumped at it, and after my first class, I was hooked. And when did you become a trainer at the gym? Mm, in 20, 2016, I think. Uh, I decided I wanted to get my personal training certification, and I had no intent on becoming a personal trainer or a coach. I just, I'm that kind of person where I don't like to just be told what to do without knowing or understanding why. I, I wanted to get my certification so I understood the science behind the movement and why, you know, I was doing what I was doing, why we, we were working what we were working. And also kind of because I, I started doing obstacle course racing and I was putting together my own training plans for obstacle course racing. So I figured I should probably have a better understanding uh, if I'm going to be doing that and be successful at that too. So I got my personal training certification and the owner asked me if I would be interested in being a coach. Next thing you know, I'm in front of a class coaching. (laughs) And now I also program our workouts too. Not all of them. I'm part of a team of programmers. Outside of kettlebell training and being a personal trainer and some of her other fitness endeavors, Michelle's also done a half marathon and obstacle course races. So I asked her about her training for those events. For me, for the half marathon was much worse than training for the beast level of Spartan races. So the Spartan beasts are the equivalent of a half marathon, sometimes more. I did one that ended up being like 16 miles. Wow, that's a lot with obstacles. Yeah, yeah. and imagine like mud and hills and all that fun stuff. Sand. but. Because in the obstacle races, it's not it's not steady state cardio. You're not continuously running the entire time. It's start, stop, start, stop. And also, like while I do want to get a good time in obstacle course racing, um, you know, I'm not I'm not out there to win any medals. I'm just trying to do the the best I can do and push myself as much as I can. And even if there's a point where I have to walk, which is usually up a hill or something, then, you know, I'll I'll walk, but we're training for a half marathon, you know, you're, you're not training. Well, some people do the walk run training. I know, but like, you're not training to like be able to walk or to stop. You're training to keep going for all of those 13 miles. So it's, to me, it's so much more difficult. I mean, training for obstacle course race is a little more chaotic because you have to mix in strength and power grip and running and hills and, uh, you know, all these different things. And you do have to train yourself to be able to do that kind of start stop training, which 
it's really awful because you'll start, you'll be in like an obstacle course race and you'll get in that groove and it'll be fantastic. And you know that groove, like when you're running, like where everything starts to connect, you're breathing, you know, your mind, your feet are, you know, and legs are moving at the same pace as your breath. It's awesome. But then in an obstacle course race, you get there and then it's like, just kidding. You need to climb a nine foot wall now. <laughs> so. Do they seriously have nine foot walls? They do. Wow. Okay. Can you, I've never done an obstacle course race and I'm betting some people that listen to this never will have either. Can you describe one? They're, they're hard and they're, they're painful, (laughs) but so worth it and life changing. Um, honestly, after my first obstacle course race, it really showed me who I was and, um, helped me to develop a whole new sense of self and self-esteem. Anyone can do it. And I honestly believe that anyone can, any level, whatever you're at. But yes, there's running, there's hills. Some of them are muddier than others. Um, Some of the obstacles will be intimidating and challenging, like the nine-foot walls, um, the strangest-looking monkey bars that you've ever seen. Some things might be over water, climbing a rope. If I mean, you've never climbed a rope before, just, uh, some of the obstacles I, I can't even <laughs> explain. Um, you know, running up a, a half pipe, which you thought you'd never do, but you're doing now. But that's what's so amazing about it is things that you never thought that you were capable of, you're doing, or at least you're trying. And it's just, it's so much fun. And you cross that finish line, no matter how you did, you know, maybe you didn't do all the obstacles, maybe you failed some of them. But that's what keeps you coming back for more, because you still finish that line. But now you want to get better at those things that you weren't able to do. So you go back in the gym, and you get better at your upper body strength. So you can, you know, get up over those walls, you work on your grip strength. And you know, you go start running hills because maybe it was those hills that was your kryptonite. You know, you just, you want to get better. So then you keep going back and you keep going back. And then those obstacle courses, then they keep changing the obstacles. So then you need to, if you couldn't complete it, then you need to go back to the gym and figure out how to complete it the next time. And it's just, it's a never ending (laughs) cycle. But it's it's just amazing and it feels so great when, you know, you put in all of that work, you know, in the gym and outside of that event. And then when you go there and do it and and you're able to finally get that one obstacle that you weren't able to get anymore. Like I teach obstacle course race training classes at our gym also. And a couple girls could never climb a rope before. So I would work with them a little bit and help teach them how to rope climb. And I ran with one of the girls. It was her first race. And I watched her climb this rope during the race. And it wasn't dry. It wasn't like, you know, it is in the gym when we practice. It it wasn't dry. It was wet. It was intimidating. It was chaos. And she got all the way to the top and came down and we hugged and cried. I mean, it was just such a beautiful (laughs) moment. I was so proud of her. And that's what keeps me going back now. It's not... I have kind of lost my spark and my, my passion for obstacle course races, but where my passion is now is introducing them to people and getting other people involved in obstacle course race training, because it it really is 
just such a, an amazing feeling, especially, you know, someone like me who I, like I told you earlier, I, I was never considered an athlete. I never really had that moment, you know, of like getting a goal or, or whatever. So, um, I think this was my moment and you don't have to be the greatest athlete to cross the finish line of an obstacle course race. Uh, so it really does kind of give you that a different sense of self and, and a lot more self-esteem that I don't think you ever thought you had. And then it, um, it makes you work harder in other aspects of your life too. It makes you much more determined, just creates a better work ethic. I think just in your daily life, but yeah, obstacle course racing definitely changed a lot for me to make a long story long. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get into obstacle course racing? Did you just see um, a flyer or a friend? Well, you know, it's really weird. It's actually like, so before I even joined the kettlebell gym, I remember seeing someone post on Facebook about warrior dash. I remember looking at it and being really intrigued by it. And I thought it was so cool, especially because it had like at the end, you got this like fuzzy Viking helmet and you know how we are, you know, us and our, our Norse or Scandinavian heritage. I was like, Oh, well, I need this Viking helmet. And then I looked at the event I was like, there's no way I could run three miles. I'm like, there, and then there all these obstacles. I'm like, it looks like fun, but there's no way I could run three miles. I'd heard of that, kind of put that on the back seat because I just never thought something like that could ever happen. It but feels then, crazy hearing you say that now, though, because just seeing all the work you do on Instagram and Facebook, thinking that you you thinking that you couldn't run three miles now, it seems crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. I was never, it's, it's funny people who uh, know me now or didn't know, I guess I call old Michelle, um, would never think that, you know, I was who I, I was. I mean, kind of, we're going to digress a little bit here, but you know, I, I wasn't the epitome of fitness. Um, I mean, I, I got to a point where I was, I think like 180, 185 pounds and I'm five, four. Like you shouldn't be, you know, 180 pounds. Um, I was a smoker. I drank probably almost daily uh, involved in like some other things, you know, that are not the healthiest. Um, I was sick all of the time. Uh, yeah, I just was not the uh, epitome of health. So I kind of got tired of that. And this was a long time. This is probably, oh, geez, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago. But I just wasn't, I, I didn't like who I was. So I just kind of tried to clean up my act a little bit and I did. And I lost a lot of weight. I cleaned up my act. You know, I went to the apartment gym or, you know, put in some DVDs or did, uh, now it's Xfinity, but at the time it was like Comcast on demand workouts. You know, I tried to eat healthier. I tried to quit smoking here and there, but you know, that never really stuck at that time. I tried not to drink as much, but you know, you still wasn't totally clean, but I had been doing better than I was before. Um, and then I think it's the, this kettlebell gym that kind of really turned a lot of things around for me. I was even still smoking when I joined. I, uh, I loved it so much. And I got to a point where I realized if I wanted to get better that I couldn't smoke anymore. So I quit smoking and just with developing just some of these new healthier habits, you know, going to the gym and not smoking. Um, I started drinking less, 
And then I started making friends at the gym. Uh, people who like, if I didn't show up one day, they'd be like, Michelle, I missed you. You know, so now we had people that were like holding me accountable. This was like a brand new world for me, almost like maybe in my head, kind of what, you know, athletics or sports were like, you know, this was like my team now, right? Eventually, I don't know if it was one of the coaches or the owner at the time started doing like Tough Mudders and Spartan races. And some of my gym friends were like, hey, you know, we should do this. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, no way. I'm like, I literally just quit smoking like two months ago. I'm not a runner. I wasn't like, I, I haven't ran. I've been at this gym maybe two, three months. But then a couple people signed up for it. And then I was like, well, if you're all doing it, I'm going to do it. So I signed up for it. This was 2013. I remember it was really early on in the world of obstacle course racing where Spartan used to go to different gyms and host workouts. They would do like workout tours and the actual owner or CEO of Spartan would come. So Joe, um, descent, Desena, Desenia, I always forget how to pronounce his name. He was actually at our gym and he came to help host our workout and they brought some of their like they brought I think like a five foot wall and just some small like Spartan type obstacle things um, for us to do and I remember they put us in these groups and there was this girl Amelia her name is Amelia Boone and if anyone knows you know the Spartan world you know Amelia Boone was like um, the first you know world's toughest mutter and she i think that year the following year won the spartan world championship but at that time i had no idea who amelia boone was she was just some girl who was in my group that i was running around doing the spartan workout with and uh, later on she said hi to joe was talking to joe and i was like how do you know joe and she was like oh i do the death races so i was like this just opened up an entire new world for me i looked at the death races you know, I was looking up Spartan. I was looking up who she was. So I figured this girl who was like same size as me, actually like smaller, skinnier. Um, I was like, and she, we had to run with sandbags. I remember. And I had this huge, like 30 or 40 pound sandbag. And she had this like little like pancake that was probably like 10 to 20 pounds. And when we were running, I just couldn't run with my sandbag anymore. So she's like, do you want to trade? And I just looked at her, this tiny thing, you know, with endurance, you know, that you couldn't believe and strength that I didn't know where it came from, traded bags with me. So that was also another kind of check myself moment where I was like, okay, this little person who is doing these things called death races knows the owner is running now with my 40 pound bag and slinging around 35 pound kettlebells. All right, I need to know what's going on. So after that moment, I just kind of uh, had to kick my training into gear a little bit. And she actually, you know, I talked to her and, you know, I was like, I don't even know if I can do this race. And she's like, you can. She's like, believe me, you can. I don't even know if she remembers talking to me about it. But just seeing all those people there and talking with her and just all the other people in the same boat, 
everyone just supporting each other, get through, you know, this workout, um, helping each other up and down walls, doing burpees, lunges, all the different things that we had to do. Uh, it was a community and I wanted to be a part of that community. I know I'm jumping all over the place and, and digressing, but I'm just trying, I'm kind of going back into that moment <laughs> a little no, bit. No, it's great. I'm just enjoying listening. It's a good story. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't been in that, in that headspace in a really long time. I'm going back to that day. But yeah, it's just, just the whole world of obstacle course racing. Like I said, I said the word community earlier and it really is. And I tell people this story all the time in my first obstacle course race where there was, we were going up this like hill that was so steep that you had to actually like use the roots of the ground to get up. And then people started to make like a a human chain. One guy grabbed like the trunk of a tree and then grabbed the hand of another person, another person, another person. So they made like a chain and they started helping people up this muddy, steep hill. And that was the moment that I knew that obstacle course racing was for me because it wasn't just a solo, you know, damn everyone else, you know, or, you know, beat the person next to you. It was a community. You know, we all achieved the goal by helping each other out. We we did it together. You know, there are people, I don't climb up these nine foot walls by myself. You do it through the help of whoever, maybe someone you're racing with or people you don't know. There will be people that are standing at the bottom of this wall with their hands together, um, asking if you need a hand and you put your foot in their hands and they help you get over. I mean, it's, it's such a great experience to see people just coming together to achieve a common goal. It, it definitely is a community. I mean, they have, they do have races, um, or age group or, you know, people who are going for medals and those people, jump over walls by themselves and they don't, you know, help each other. But, uh, you know, I'm not in it for that. And most of the people aren't. Right. Those are like the elite athletes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not an elite athlete. I thought about going for like age group before I, I would still never, uh, I, I would still never like win or, or place, you know, I'm not there. I, I tell people I have a saying like I have to work real hard just to be average. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a natural athlete. I really do have to work my butt off just to be average. But I've considered doing age group just to uh see how I could do. Um just because there's not as many people on the field. Um it's a cleaner course, so it's not as wet or muddy. Um so I have considered doing age groups just to see how I do just for myself, but um, it doesn't appeal to me as much because you don't get the whole community aspect. And is there a specific race you would recommend for like a newbie, one that might be a little bit easier? Well, I used to say Warrior Dash, <laughs> but Warrior Dash, well, so Warrior Dash went out of business it was last year or the year before. And from what I understood, Spartan bought it, but I don't know if it will be the same kind of race that it was or if you know, that's true. I haven't done a whole lot of research on that purchase or that acquisition. So I'm they, not, have, they have the Spartan ones all over the country, right? They do. So there are three love, main levels of Spartan races. There's the sprint, the super and the beast. So now I would recommend the sprint. Um, and it used to be uh, the sprint was three to five miles. The super was eight to 10. 
and the beast was 13 plus. But now um, I think they're trying to standardize those races so that they coincide with um, your traditional races. So it would be like a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon. And I don't think they're, I think they're trying to stick to that distance in those mileage, that mileage. Um, so a sprint now, I think would be three miles and 15 obstacles. So I would then recommend a Spartan sprint. And yes, they are all over the country. Um, I mean, right now <laughs> they're trying to reopen up races. They just did one in Jacksonville, I think. But yeah, they're all over the country. And then there are also stadium races, which are really cool. Um, those are also in that 5K range. And there's no mud because they're at stadiums. So I did one in Milwaukee at Miller Park. They have them at Fenway in Boston. Um, they're usually, I think, at baseball fields. I think there was one at a soccer field here in Illinois, too. Um, but those are really cool because you get to see parts of stadiums that you never you know, can see when you just go to games, you know, you get to run, you know, through the underground parts by the office. We got to run through um, the visitors dugout and locker room, got to do a couple of obstacles, you know, on the field, you get to run all through the stadium. It's, just, it's a really cool experience. Um, especially if there's like a team that you really like and you get to go run all around that stadium. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, you should make sure it's a team you actually like. Yeah. Right. Well, and some of those obstacles are, are a lot different too. They still have some of the standard, um, Spartan obstacles, but some of them are different. They're more like, uh, things you might do in a gym. Like I remember one of the stadium ones I did, they had a row machine as part of an obstacle and you had to do, I think, I don't remember how many, many you had to do in like a certain amount of time but if you didn't get that then you had to do like burpees and that's it yeah in a spartan race if you can't complete the obstacle then you have to do 30 burpees oh wow 30 (laughs) (laughs) i just got to 10 i can do 10 now (laughs) trust me you can do more trust me okay so maybe i should rephrase i don't know if i want to do more Love the burpee. Be in love with the burpee. Learn to love the burpee. It's a fantastic exercise. And especially if you're running a Spartan race, then you have to. Or just get really good at the obstacles and you never have to do one. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think these races are something somebody could train for on their own? Or should they look for a gym like yours? Oh, I, I mean, 100%. I mean, I trained on my own. I mean, I did go to a gym, but... I definitely, I do recommend training only because, you know, I have a big thing about respecting the event that you're doing, you know, and doing it with integrity. So absolutely train. Uh, Don't go into it just thinking that, you know, it's, it's going to be a cakewalk, you know, get, try to run as much as you can, you know, get better at running, try to find a place with stairs or, you know, hills. Is there a lot of that in the Spartan race? Because I know I've seen a lot of articles about people signing up for marathons and just going on race day without having trained. And some of them finish it, but they usually feel pretty miserable afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I, um, it's funny. One of the first, um, Spartan world championships I watched with Amelia Boone, the one that she won, they had, it was like an Olympic marathon runner or something that also did it. And she had to quit because she didn't have the upper body strength to do the obstacles. I mean, yeah, it's Sounds not like a runner. 
<laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could, you just work on your upper body strength, work on your grip for sure. Those are, I think the main two things I would recommend is grip and upper body strength. And I mean, a lot of that, you just need a pull-up bar or, you know, one of those door things in your house. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but again, if you don't have access to a lot, I mean, you have access to the outdoors and you can get, I mean, I'm sure someone is selling one on Facebook marketplace. Maybe not now because everybody wants home gym equipment, but you know, go to a park, you know, find, find a park and, you know, do hang, hang on it. See how long you can hang for start, you know, work. You can do push-ups. You can do a lot of upper body strength movements without a lot of equipment. Where would you recommend they go if they wanted to look for like training ideas? Is there any websites or resources you already know of outside of a gym? I think, well, on the Spartan website, I know they have a lot of blogs. Um, and I think they actually, they do. If you sign up for Spartan emails, they will send you, they have like a workout of the day. Um, on their website, they have a lot of different workouts that they recommend. And same with Tough Mudder. Um, they have workouts that they can send you, a workout plan, Savage Race. They have a workout plan that they can send you. And a lot of them you can, I mean, I know a lot of everyone doesn't have money, but they have, you know, equipment. Spartan has a lot of their own equipment that you can buy, like uh, like sandbags, um, ropes and things. But, I mean, you can make your own sandbag. You can go to Home Depot and get some, like a bag of play sand and put that in a pillowcase and duct tape that pillowcase and there's your sandbag. I mean, there, there are a lot of creative things that you can do, you know, without a lot of money. Actually, yeah, that. here, monsoon <laughs> season's about to start up. So all the fire departments are going to start giving out free sandbags. So after the storm, that's a good way to repurpose it. Because I remember last yeah. year, I had so many sandbags and I didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. So take that sandbag, you know, like I said, put it in a pillowcase, duct tape that thing, and then go, you know, put it on your back and do some hills. And there you go. Because that actually is an obstacle. <laughs> they have a sandbag carry in Spartan Race. So there you go. I think we covered everything that I wanted to cover. Is there anything <laughs> else? <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? You know, I don't know. I just, I guess... All I say is, you know, n not everyone was born with natural athletic ability. You know, not everybody started being skinny or with a what someone would think to be the the perfect base, you know, to start building muscle on or, you know, to start working out with. Everybody started somewhere. And, you know, those people that you see. I mean, like, like I was saying, a lot of people, you know, who know me now, they would never think that I was drinker, smoker, uh, dabbled in drug 180 pound Michelle, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Nobody would think that, you know, so every, you, you don't know that person's journey. You don't know what they went through. So don't let what image or whatever you see of somebody else think that you can't be there and that you can't be that or better than that. Don't, don't let that stop you. Um, don't let the, whatever gym, you know, whether it's CrossFit, kettlebell, um, boot camp, you know, don't let it intimidate you. Don't let the people there intimidate you. Uh, if, if you really want it, if you want to 
whether you want to do a race, get better at running, whether you want to do yoga, whether you want to lift some weights, if you want to be a power lifter, or if you just want to get healthier, don't let anything stop you. Everybody started somewhere, you know, and don't get frustrated if it, if it's not coming quickly enough, if the weight isn't coming off quickly enough, or if the muscles aren't building quickly enough, or if your pace isn't getting faster quick enough. It It takes time and it becomes a habit and just enjoy the process. All right, athletes. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Part-Time Athletes. And I also want to say again, thank you so much to Michelle Bang for agreeing to be interviewed for this episode. I hope you join us next week where I'll be interviewing Michelle again, but this time we'll be talking about her yoga journey. I'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode and also get some feedback on what kind of fitness journeys you'd like to hear about in the future. And you can get in touch with me one of three ways. You can use the contact form at breoutside.com. That's B-R-E-O-U-T-S-I-D-E.com. Or you can find me on Instagram. It's breoutside, B-R-E-O-U-T-S-I-D-E. Or you can email the show at parttimeathletespodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, parttimeathletes with an S, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening.